Hello, hello. This is Series 14 of Satisfied. The Series 14 podcasts enhance the Adorn Yourself with Godliness Bible study, covering the books of 1 Timothy and Titus in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we learned that grasping God's truth is essential to godliness. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 2 of the Adorn Yourself with Godliness Bible Study. We'll look at why godliness flows from knowing Christ. Several years ago, a homeless tortoiseshell cat sat across the street looking at our house. Two months later, she came to our back door and looked inside. We opened it, put out some treats and milk for her, and after three weeks, she decided to come inside and stay. We gave her a new name, Pokey, which was so fitting for her. We gave her love and protection from the scary world outside. She found in us a treasure that was worth more than the substitute she had while looking in from the cold outside. It was worth committing her life to, and believe me, she fully enjoyed it. Have you felt a need for love and protection from a scary world like that? I did. Jesus Christ took me in more than 40 years ago. As a college girl nibbling on some treats given to me by campus ministry, one night I recognized the treasure Jesus offered to me, a relationship with himself and all that comes with it, and I jumped right in. God adopted me and brought me into a place of blessing and love and acceptance. It's been so worth it. 2,000 years ago, God took in a rebel named Paul, gave the treasure of himself, and sent him out to invite others to receive that treasure also. Some of those who responded lived in the region of Ephesus on the west coast of modern Turkey. That's where Timothy was when he received this letter from Paul. Many who heard the good news went back to their towns and planted churches all over western Turkey, multiplying Paul's ministry. But there was trouble in the church of Ephesus. Paul left Timothy there to keep it on course and wrote the letter to him called 1 Timothy. In that letter, Paul reminded everyone that the treasure they received in Jesus Christ was greater than anything they could substitute for him. Christianity is Christ. It's not a lifestyle. It's not rules of conduct. It's not a society of people who are joined together by the sprinkling or covering of water. Christianity is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Testament opens with the birth of Jesus, you know, the Christmas story. About 30 years later, Jesus presented himself to the public. The account of his earthly life is recorded in the first four books of the New Testament known as the Gospels. Those biblical books called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are named after the writer of each account. Each gospel presents different aspects of Jesus' earthly life and ministry, and all present Jesus as the Christ. This title, the Christ, is from the Greek word Christos, a translation of the Hebrew term Messiah, meaning anointed one. The Old Testament prophets promised that the Messiah, as the anointed one of God, would come and do many wonderful things for God's people, including restore God's kingdom on earth. Christians are followers of Jesus, who is the Christ. If you have heard the good news of the gospel and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who gave himself for your sins, 
You have eternal life just by believing in him as your savior. But more than salvation, Jesus Christ calls us into a close relationship with himself as sisters, brothers, and friends. Yet he is also our Lord, the one who sits at the right hand of his Father God as head over everything else in heaven and on earth. As Lord, Jesus Christ is our master, the one to whom we should willingly give our obedience. He is our model of how to live as humans in a dependent relationship with God. And he is our mentor in walking with us to show us how to adorn ourselves with godliness. Jesus' disciples 2,000 years ago were no different than we are, except they physically beheld the risen Christ. We must see him through eyes of faith and allow the Gospels to leap off the page revealing our Lord. This is so that we may know this God-man who changed our lives as we received the good news. We need to read the Gospels, watch movies based on them, and tell the stories about Jesus as often as needed to know his life well, because Christianity is Christ. Besides knowing Christ, we need a good understanding of the gospel message. From the time sin entered into the relationship of us humans with our Creator God, there has been one question that continually demands an answer. How can any guilty, sinful human be made right in the eyes of a holy God? Or, in other words, how can God have any kind of a relationship with a sinful human? We humans have a spiritual problem that can be compared to death caused by a fatal disease. It's a twofold problem. Sin is the disease. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has this sin disease. And death is the result of the disease. We are born spiritually dead sinners. Our double whammy problem demanded a twofold solution. The great news is that God acted on our behalf. For the problem of sin, people need sin to be removed and replaced with righteousness. God's answer is Christ's death on the cross. Because of his finished work on the cross, we can now be cured of the sin disease. For the problem of death, people needed the restoration of life. God's answer is Christ's resurrection. We can now be given life that is forever. The gospel message included the answer to both spiritual problems. A 20th century Bible teacher named Ian Thomas captured the gospel message in a nutshell with these words. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you so that he could give his life to you so that he could live his life through you. The gospel is an announcement to the world of an accomplished fact. What God set out to do for humans, he accomplished. The apostles declared from the time of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and beyond that salvation is available on the basis of a single condition. That one condition is faith in Jesus Christ. So it's important to know what faith is and what it is not. First, let's cover what faith is not. Faith is not a blind belief or mindless gullibility. It is not a life of passivity and doing nothing. Faith is also not a religious feeling like a tingle or a high from performing some ritual. So if faith is not that, what is it? 
Faith is a belief, trust, and commitment of mind and heart to something or someone. In that sense, faith is intelligent. That means first you need to know about the something or someone. It is based on information about the object of your faith. Then faith is also decisive. It involves the element of assent or agreement that the information about that someone or something is true. And then faith requires an act of the will. Any conscious choice that involves trust or dependence on someone or something requires a deliberate action to both trust the information and act on it. It's the difference between walking alongside a pool of water, seeing it's there, and jumping into the water, experiencing the water personally. Christians of the first century AD recognized that the whole content of the gospel message is Jesus. They agreed that the information about Jesus was definitely true. They decided to trust God completely and believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Simply put, faith is a full commitment to Christ. God acted. We are to respond to His action by saying yes to faith in Jesus Christ and jumping into the new life God has for us. Instead of believing in your own ability to earn God's favor, you now trust in what Christ has done for you. That's biblical faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul wrote this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God offers you salvation from the destruction caused by sin. He offers you this salvation by His grace that is given to you. Grace is an undeserved gift. By God's grace, you are saved through your faith alone. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast of their efforts. Your response is to be one of faith. Let's say you were standing before God and He asked you, Why should I let you into my heaven? You can answer with confidence, I know I am saved by your grace through my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. You're in. Through getting to know Him and what He has done for us, we should discover the wonderful truth that the treasure we have in Jesus Christ is worth devoting our lives to Him. And our devotion to God grows as we learn how much we can trust Him. How do you learn about trusting God? You learn it through trusting Him with something, some need, some situation, some relationship, making decisions. There are two aspects to trusting God. The first aspect is this, trusting God while you do your part His way. To do your part His way involves your knowing what His way is. That comes from knowing what He says. That comes from reading and studying the Bible. You trust that His way is the best way, so you are willing to step forward and do your part His way. Sometimes that involves just waiting. The second aspect is trusting Him to do His part alongside what you're doing. You have to trust God to work in the background of life and to make things happen in those areas over which you have no direct access. Only God can change the heart and mind of someone. 
and God orchestrates situations in unexpected ways. You have to trust Him to work and be patient to let Him do so. As you experience those two aspects of trusting God, you get to know Him better. Knowing God and trusting Him increase our devotion to Him, our loyal love for Him, and that leads to expressing our devotion in a life that pleases Him, a life of godliness. Godliness flows from knowing Christ. Four times in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul expressed his devotion to Christ Jesus our Lord, and he finished with these beautiful words expressing his knowing the Lord and devotion to Him. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The treasure you have in Jesus Christ is more powerful and valuable than anything you could substitute for Him. After chasing everything the world has to offer, nothing is more satisfying than Him. The way to overcome any adversity and suffering is to stay devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can say with your heart to Him, My treasure in you, Lord Jesus, is more powerful and valuable than anything I could substitute for you. Please confirm that in my heart. Then watch what He does. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with such love for God that you will want to live a life that pleases Him. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 14 of Satisfied.